1: what's up guys welcome to the cut to the chase Bengals blitz i'm your host chase yawns uh my good friend justin lacy's back in studio on better conditions from the last time that we were together justin what's going on man i'm
0: doing fantastic it's even better coming off of a big dominating performance like that so
1: i'm 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 up man i'm ready to go got that right you guys can follow us or find us that is on uh you know YouTube here, if you like this video and comment on it, leaving your thoughts. If you guys find us on, you know, any type of podcast sites, there'd be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Stitcher. I mean, there's there's so many places to get your podcast. There's way too many places to get your podcast, but we're there. Mm -hmm. So, yep, go on ahead, drop it, do whatever you want, like it, push a button. That's basically the whole gist of things. But, um, you know, not to waste any time on this. The Bengals did have a fantastic win on Sunday against the 49ers, 31-17. to 17. Uh, You guys should check out the run through the jungle uh, reaction, the roaring reaction that came out just a couple of minutes after the game on Sunday uh, where Justin was over there with, with Brandon Harry and Tim Lyons doing their thing. It was a good video. I'd definitely go out and check that out. Um, you know, I remember, you know, watching that game and, you know, the play that I think – really signified it, you know, toward the end. I know the play that you're going to mention because you picked this guy to be a defensive game ball, you know, and that was a great pick and that was a great way to foreshadow the future. I also want to mention this. My dad, when we, I think we punted and it was right before Brock Purdy's interception to Logan Wilson. um, My dad was like, we need a pick right here, right now. Three seconds later, interception happens. Talk about speaking into existence. It's been a lot of that these days. But I I think the play that got me was literally that, and then go on ahead in the Jamar Chase touchdown, being able, you know, the fake screen. That actually was the play that was used ironically against the Buffalo Bills. Hayden Hurst was the recipient of the fake screen touchdown pass, and Jamar Chase was faking the screen. This time it was Tyler Boyd faking the screen, Jamar Chase touchdown We've seen that before, a little deja vu moment and better weather. But I think I know we scored a touchdown later on, Joe Mixon, you know, really iced the game. But I just think the fact of it was a turnover and we capitalized one play later and it just showed that the Bengals are ready to take a team's lunch and we are ready to just, you know, destroy the heart out of them. And that's exactly what we did on that two play stretch. Now, Justin, you know, what what play was it that did it for you?
0: So, as I think back, I mean, I picked – for those that didn't listen to our war and Reaction show and run to the Jungle Network, Um, I picked Trey Hendrickson's strip sack fumble to close the game out as the guy who got my defensive game ball. But I really got to give credit to Jermaine Pratt. That interception oh, yeah. in the red zone, when <laughs> – if he doesn't make that play, Brock Purdy had the guy wide open for a touchdown. Like, he was oh, yeah. right there. and he just made an incredible snag with one hand and then tipped it back to himself. Um, Obviously I wish he could have ran it down the sideline there and got a pick six, (laughs) but you know, beggars can't be choosers and I'm not going to be too greedy off of that, but that is the play that I got to give way more credit to now that I've had more time to digest and, you know, get fat happy off of this win. That's the play. I feel like that was the main turning point because the 49ers, I, I expected them to go down on the field and then tie the game. Uh, at that point, yeah. or even maybe potentially take the lead, because yeah. this is still a really great 49ers team. And the Bengals, I think that they were expecting that, too. They were expecting a dog fight, but they also played more like a complete unit. And I think it starts with that play as the turning point to not let it be a dog fight. that the Bengals continue to kick an ass like they was doing earlier in the game.
1: Couldn't agree more. I mean you know, the numbers may not say it of, okay, we gave up 465 yards of offense. Who cares? Brock Purdy's last three drives, he had like 180 yards passing because we were up like two scores. The defense made some unbelievable plays late, you know, earlier on the game, especially late third quarter, early fourth quarter, to put the offense in some great positions. And this time the offense capitalized on it. And then it put, the pressure on Brock Purdy, and obviously we saw the pressure on Brock Purdy was too much. And it's been too much the last few games. I'm not saying Brock Purdy is a bad quarterback. He's a good quarterback. It's mm-hmm. just the situation that he was in. The Bengals got the job done. And that's the only thing that matters in this situation as we move on to week nine. I want to, before we talk about any of that stuff, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Um, you know, looking at why the Bengals have been successful, I'm gonna mention a couple of stats and then we're gonna talk about you know, the Bengals compare to the rest of the AFC. These are some very intriguing stats, and these are some good stats compared to the last time we talked about stats after the Titans game because those were some gut-wrenching, very sour, very uh, disgusting. disgusting stats that made my eyes throw up if possible. Now, looking at it, um, Joe Burrow. Since week five, could you guess what his completion percentage is if you haven't seen this already? What do you think?
0: Completion percentage, I'm going to say n- north of 60. I'm going to say, I'm not going to use that as a cop-out. I'm going to say 67% completion percentage.
1: Well, move that seven over to the uh, the 10 placeholder. It's 78.
0: 78. Even 78. Man, that's incredible. Since that's week incredible.
1: five. Since week five on the win streak, 78% completion percentage, which is by far the best of the National Football League in those, these last mm-hmm. three games. And he also had that game against the Seahawks where he was good in the first half, and then the second half it really fizzled out, and he played you know, not, not up to his standards. Um, the next thing, Jamar Chase, in wins this season, in our four wins, he has averaged 11 catches a game. Mm-hmm. And he has 513 yards and four touchdowns in those four wins that we have this season. The moral of the story get Jamar Chase the ball. He averages 15 targets a game when we win. He has not gone a game less than eight targets, but the three games we lost, he had less than 10. And the four games we won, he had over 10. So All right. that's another recipe for success. That one there. doesn't
0: surprise me as, that one doesn't surprise yeah. me as much. <laughs> yeah. Right, that was yeah. that was pretty obvious. Even during the the early part, like the game against the Rams, it, it was just the Jamar Chase show. The Cardinals, was. that was just the Jamar Chase show. And honestly, he could have had more receptions than even in that game. But, yeah, that mm-hmm. does not surprise him that, that much. And, but the completion percent, I can't believe that that was at that high. Like, that's even better than I originally thought. And it's because I didn't give a lot of credit because I'm thinking about, like, that Seahawks game and how yeah. awful we were in the second half of that game. Yep. And that's why I'm thinking that it should be a little like probably just north of 60,
1: but man, yeah.
0: 78, man, come on. That's, that's mean, a
1: remarkable. To to think about it. I mean, Joe had three touchdown passes on Sunday and he literally could have had four. He had a couple more, honestly, but at mm-hmm. the same time, the man's threw over 30 times and had four incompletions.
0: Yeah.
1: He completed 87 and a half percent of his passes. That's not normal. Not every quarterback does that against arguably the best defense in all of football. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Um, Talking of our defense, our defense since week five has only given up 16.7 points a game, uh, nine sacks in those three straight victories. And we've had five interceptions. So you look at the interceptions, Cam Taylor-Britt responsible for two of them, Mike Hilton has one, and then the linebacking Mm. duo of Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson round out those five interceptions in three games. They've done a really good job of of getting takeaways in that department. And I believe we've had two Trey Hendrickson strip sacks, so that works out pretty good. And a Sam Hubbard strip sack technically was the case against Geno Smith um, and the Seahawks. So we've done a really good job of turning the other team over in times where we desperately need it, and then in times where it's like, oh, this is nice, we get the ball back. So, you know, done a good job of turning them over. And then this one, this has been a very, very big one. Talk about the Bengals starting off fast or anything like that, and that's been a huge key of emphasis ever since we lost that Titans game and ever since it seems like Joe Burrow has gotten better. Um, The Bengals in the first half since week five have averaged 15 points a game. So they're at least, you know, scoring at least two touchdowns in the first half, getting out to 14, 15 points a game. And our season average so far is only 18.7 points a game. But the last three weeks, we're nearly matching that total in the first half.
0: Right. It definitely is. And quite frankly, um, you expect the number to get higher now that the Bengals are hitting their stride. They're getting better. Burrell's 100 percent healthy as what we're all seeing. Um, and, and if you just watch the games with your eyes, you know, it will just tell you that this is those are stats. If you are coached as game planning against the Bengals and you using the first five week stats, then you're probably not going to win those games against Joe Burrow because this team, in order to be successful against this new Bengals team that's found their mojo and their energy, you have to be able to project what this team can become. And guess what? That's going to be really hard for these teams to do because they haven't seen what this new evolution of this team can be. And quite frankly, these stats are just going to just showcase that too. So. I'm with it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, for the record, we're not speaking cocky. We're speaking very confidently because our team has shown in the past, and we don't want to reference the past all the time, we've shown in Mm -hmm. the past, we, you know, all the fans that, especially the team and everyone inside the organization, knows of the talent and expectations that they have. And once they hit stride, they are a very dangerous football team. And watch out the national football right. league you know and to mention this you know we got to look at our field with the afc i don't want to jump the gun we've only played seven games there's still 10 more games to go it's actually run a really quick season it feels like when you win the season gets quicker but right. yeah it's just right yeah it, you know it, it's a good thing you know if you win the games you're supposed to and you win the big one that's going to be you know all all that much better but i want to mention this um actually i'll ask you this So when we're looking at the AFC, there are four teams that are six and two. Actually, you have our very own Baltimore Ravens, wherever the boos are, Mm -hmm. uh, the Miami Dolphins, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then you look at the rest of the playoff picture, which I don't like looking at the playoff picture until about week 11 or 12. But, you know, we'll look at it right now. The Bills. The Steelers, the Browns are your wild cards. The Bills are five and three. They haven't had a bye yet. And then the Steelers and Browns are four and three. Of those teams, those seven teams, I'd say, and then the Jets are four and three, but the Jets are finding ways to win, but we'll kind of hold off on them because we honestly have no idea what's going on with them. Um, When we're looking at, those seven teams that are in the playoff picture, and we're not in it yet because of some tiebreakers and, and games played. Um, who are a couple of teams that you are not worried about when it comes to the Bengals if the Bengals play at high level football the rest of the season?
0: Pittsburgh Steel is number one. I do not worry about them at all. And nope. I understand from a lot of Bengals fans, they have scar PTSD because of how Pittsburgh used to be the big brother over the years. But this is not that Pittsburgh team that has our number over this particular Joe Burrow-led era. And quite frankly, if there's any team in the AFC North that Pittsburgh can't beat, it's Cincinnati. They can beat Baltimore. They've shown it. They can beat Cleveland. Cleveland still can't beat Pittsburgh on a consistent level basis. But they can't beat Cincinnati. I understand they're going to bring up that week one miracle win that they had when they really showed yeah. lost that game too.
1: But oh, yeah.
0: that's the team that has not figured it out on offense. And you know, now they got the injury to Kenny Pickett I and mean, I think he's gonna play this Thursday night. I think he's gonna gut it out. But they yeah. haven't been able to pick up the energy and the tempo on offense. But yeah somehow they've just been able to grind it out wins against teams that are been playing worse than them. So it wasn't more or less they've been beating these teams that the teams just lose those games against a team that really can't figure it out. Now, you got to give credit to where credit's is due. Their defense is still strong. T.J. Watt yep. is a monster, and yep. he can wreck a game like no other. So I do give him that. <clears throat> the second team that I also do not necessarily worry about, if I'm the Bengals, I do not worry so much about also within our division, the Cleveland Browns. That team, it just feels like once again that they're just always a ticking time bomb waiting to blow up. Yes, I get it. Miles Garrett always plays great against the Bengals. The whole Browns play well against the Bengals. They just slacked us week one, 24 to three. But again, if you really watch closely that game, Trey Hendrickson really outplayed Miles Garrett in that game, believe it or not. I understand that's not a popular opinion that media and society wants you to believe that yeah. Miles Garrett. Is that dude and he is? He got a sack, I believe, in a hurry. But Trey Henderson got two sacks on Deshaun Watson, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And that was Mm -hmm. really a defensive battle until late in that game. This time around, now I've got done watching going against Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Fred Warner, and Gnome Boys. And I in in their House and dominated. And Joe Burrow is healthy. Now you got to come to my crib if you're the Browns. (laughs) Wow. And I understand how history is with this team for some reason. that It just seems like that they just match up well against us. But I, I was much more scared about the 49ers' defense than I was Cleveland's. And I give credit to where credit is due with how the Browns have built themselves on that defense side of the ball. But you're going to see as the season progressive, progresses through that, man, teams are just going to figure it out. You can't sustain – you know, lackluster offensive play, kind of like Pittsburgh. You can't sustain lackluster offensive play, but just lean on your defense to carry you through. We already saw the Colts put up 38 points on you in a game. Again, you should have lost, but you still won, whatever. But if I'm the Bengals, those are the two teams that I do not worry so much about too much. I don't overlook them as a matchup problem. not saying that, but it's a team that will tend to probably unravel on their own. As we get move forward, like I'm not surprised that Pittsburgh lost against Jacksonville at home. I understand yep. that they were at home. It's Pittsburgh raining, weather or whatnot. But come on, man. I I seen what Trevor Lawrence was able to do. And mm-hmm. I'm also not surprised to see the Seahawks beat the Browns, even though they needed a go-ahead touchdown with 30 seconds left to go in that game. But that doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me just because when it comes to other teams, they match up well and can beat teams like Cleveland and Pittsburgh. So that's yeah. those are the two teams for me.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you on that. And I remember on week five, I was talking about, you know, the Bengals used to be on that, you know, walking, your tra- walking your trap and take over your trap. We you walked in the trap of the Niners and took over their trap. If you catch the Bengals playing great football, you got to walk in our trap. And I remember saying that we was trapped in our own selves. That ain't the case right now. The other team's going to be trapped when we walk, when they walk in our trap. So that's the thing. Like, you know, if, you know, when the Bengals are playing that well of football against those good of teams, there's no team in the league that I fear. When we're looking at teams, you know, I I agree with those two teams. I would say the the Steelers and the Browns, those, you know, I've heard a couple of Steelers fans say, Oh yeah, we're like the best team in that division. They're second best team. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's going to, it, you know, it's going to find its way. You know, you you can only hide, you can only hide your blemishes for so long. And the Steelers, it's not going to be for that long. They can hide their blemishes. The Browns, Mm -hmm. like you said, ticking tie bomb, you know, I agree with that. They're good. They, They have a good roster. They have a good football team. It's just, you know, you've seen this before, though, and we'll see what happens the rest of the way. The Ravens are a good football team. We'll give them credit. They're a playoff team. They definitely are. The Bills, also a playoff team. We played them the Sunday night. We'll talk about that game specifically in a couple of minutes. The Jags are very efficient. They they don't have anybody that I think, you know, not to say scary, but they are just a really well-run, efficient football team that can do it in many different ways. And they kind of remind me of us in a bit, in a bit of a way. You Mm -hmm. know, they They can do it in a lot of different ways. That's gonna be a fun Monday night matchup, hopefully, between two really good teams with really good records. The we're looking at the Dolphins, the Dolphins, you've seen them before. They have like a great start to the season and then they kind of fizzle out their offense. I mean, their offense is ridiculous. It's unbelievable. But again, they're a team that might unravel itself in a way. But they are, you know, very good football team. They got a good game against the Chiefs coming up. And I actually want to talk about the Chiefs for a second. I I won't mention the Chiefs until later on in the season when we play them, because frankly, I don't really care what happens with the Chiefs, you know, like. Mm I don't particularly care at this point, but I will mention this. The chiefs will find a way to figure things out. They will. But the one team that the Kansas city chiefs fear when, you know, you get down to the end or whatever it is, the one team they fear when they're playing at their best are the Cincinnati Bengals. And I don't care what anybody has to say about that. I don't care if it's Nick Wright on first things first is like, The Chiefs, they'll figure it out. They're a very good football team. Um, You know, we're going to end up going 20 and 0, and never a doubt. And I have to change it to 19 and (laughs) 1 because that's never a doubt, except for week one, or never a doubt, except for week eight. But the thing is, like, you already know it. Chiefs fans are very insecure if the Bengals are playing at a high level and they know that there is really one quarterback that can walk in a trap and take over their trap later on in January. Uh-huh. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself right now, uh-huh. okay? Trying to hold yep. back. I hold back right now. But if it comes to that, the Chiefs should be worried the most if the Bengals are playing this good because we do see them December 31st in 2023.
0: Same. And that's exactly why that game was protected by Jim Nansoni Romo to call that game on the 425 slot. Yep. On CBS, December 31st, week, was that week 17?
1: Week 17. That's
0: that's why they protected that game, because they envision that the Bengals will be playing at their best come that time of the season. And then the Chiefs should be rounded in the form and, you know, getting back on their horse come that time as well, too. And they could be jockeying for one of the two or three seeds at this point, or one of the top three seeds at this point. I'm not nope. going to get ahead of myself and say the number one seed. Me we either. all thought the number one seed in the in the uh, off season, but. I've tempered yep. my expectations because there are a number of Damn. teams that's also gotten better, too. But, yes, yeah. Kansas City, I respect them. They've always I had hear. my respect. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we know that we're that big dog, too. Everybody in the media, and I love that you brought up Nick Wright because it's so funny how he operates with this super homer attitude on his show. You, you should have heard him on the Cow and Cowherd when he uh, appeared as a guest. And said, and let that me mention –
1: yeah, but let me mention that Nick Wright, Nick Wright's good at what he does, all right? He de- he's good at what he does. He's great at what he does. He's well, incredible. Well, he's yes, very insightful. Yes, very insightful. But, yes, continue, continue.
0: So when he appeared on Colin Coward's show today, and he stated that watch the Chiefs beat the Dolphins, go in there by week, come out of their by week, and beat the Eagles, then everything's going to be right in the world. They'll be sitting at eight and two, and you guys will just be – He. it's almost like – Because his team won a couple of Super Bowls, he looks down at everybody's like we're peasants and then they're the kings of the mountaintop. Whereas the Bengals never operated with this standpoint of I look at the Chiefs that they're the kings on the throne and we got to bow to the the knee at them. And I think that makes people like him and other Chiefs fans sick that we don't do that, because like you just said, we know we're that team that have absolutely zero fear. It seems like Mm -hmm. everybody else wants to be like Kansas City. Buffalo, they want to be more like Kansas City. The Los Los Angeles Chargers plays in the same division. I mean, they almost feel like they look at them like their big brother. With Herbert and them boys, they can't beat Kansas City. We already saw that two weeks ago. Yep. In a weird way, I feel like Baltimore, once upon a time ago, people thought that Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes was going to be the re- rivalry. But Lamar was three and 0-3 oh and until he got the win week two in 2021. But even yeah. then, you never felt like that that was going to be a true rivalry because they were always staring up at Kansas City, be like, this is where we want to be at. Cincinnati, while everybody was looking at the Bills and the Chiefs, like that was the next Manning and Brady. Cincinnati was so singular focused on building their own mountain because they knew they had a dog in Joe Burrow and that they have to one day cross our mountain. And that's exactly what happened. And that's why when you go back in the last couple of years, when we played the Chiefs and here in Cincinnati, there was no fear. It was just all pure confidence and let you know, like, look, I don't care how great you play when we play at our best. We outplay you, but you haven't shown that you can beat us when we're at our best. That AFC Championship game, the Bengals was not at their best, and now mm-hmm. honestly, they got screwed about a number of calls. But that yeah. was a game that the Bengals kept shooting themselves in the foot for some reason. But they they still almost won the game in exactly. the house. So yes, I agree, man. Look, m- much respect to Kansas City. You know they've. I'm not even really taking much out of their loss at Denver this past weekend you know, whether they want to call it because the pass from home being sick or not. Dude, that team just looked bad all the way around. Um, I'm not really taking too much in that loss. I think that they'll rebound themselves okay. You know, they'll they be one of the top they three will. teams like usual. I don't yeah. have no fear that. AFC West is still a joke, in my opinion. They're <laughs> going to get right off some easy wins. The Raiders are a dumpster fire. The Chargers, the, again, the Chargers, they can't stop a nosebleed on defense. And the Denver Broncos, yeah, I'm glad that they actually beat them, but It's cool. Are they really going anywhere? You know, I mean,
1: yeah, like, is it the ride? Like, you know, are they riding? What's going on? Like, we, I mean, you can basically picture in any type of meme that's like, uh, how's the ride going? And there you go. But, um, yeah, that's basically it, though. We're gonna, we're gonna ride on in the break real quick. Just a quick one. We'll be right back and we will talk about this highly anticipated SNF matchup. We'll be right back. All right. And we are back. Um, We're looking at, you know, we're we're actually, both of us are here in Cincinnati. All right. This is a big one because historical aspect, we'll talk about a little history. Actually, let's do it right now. Um, Historical aspect the Bengals on Sunday night football. The Bengals have uh, played, I believe, six straight road games in the regular season on Sunday night football, dating back Mm -hmm. to the date of October 21st of 2012 which was the last time the Bengals had a home SNF game on NBC <laughs> I was at that game I was in 4th
0: grade I was I was there I was there too and I thought that oh, yeah. that was going to be one of our times you know we started off pretty early strong I remember that game we started yeah. off like we was up 14 to 6 Steelers uh, scored a touchdown to, and then capitalized on two point conversion and then yep. they tied it up and then next thing you know, we just fell flat in the flat. second half, like flat. nothing. Flat. It was terrible. Yeah,
1: yeah. They, they we like fell. They flat. Did get blown
0: out. They didn't get blown out, but yeah, they, I don't was, think they got blown out at all. I think it was a 17 uh, 1724 game. I can't remember yep. exactly yep. the score, but it was a one score game, and it was just what what the hell just happened? Like we were so animated, so excited. Sunday night football at home, and then little did we know that was the last time until last year in the postseason when we played Baltimore in round one. That was the last time we were going to be on Sunday night football during the regular season in Cincinnati. It never happened since then.
1: Crazy. It's a wild time, man. It really is. And you think about it, you know, uh, it's it's actually – it's just crazy to think about. It really is. Like, I have no words for it because in between that time frame I'm gonna mention all these all these SNF games the Bengals have played in between that time frame of uh, from the 2012 game to last year's playoff game on NBC. We played at Pittsburgh in 2013 and we lost that game. Actually, all these games in between are losses. So there you go. We yeah. played at Pittsburgh, week 15, 2013. 2014, we played week five in New England, the on to Cincinnati game. And that we already know they were demolished. on to Cincinnati, got demolished, Mollywat, whatever term you want to use uh week 17 the afc north championship game uh december 28th at pittsburgh at pittsburgh uh aj green got knocked out of the game with a concussion and then jermaine gresham scored a touchdown but he also got hurt and we were missing a bunch of guys for the playoff game the next week lost that game antonio brown did antonio brown things the next year we had a flex game with the Arizona Cardinals. They flexed out our Niners-Bengals matchup from from Week 15, which ultimately was played in by AJ McCarron. That was the last time the Bengals went to San Francisco. The only time they went to Levi Stadium before Sunday right. and won that game, yeah. clinched the playoff spot. <laughs> week 11, though, so they flexed us out of that game and they flexed us into Week 11 SNF. And this was probably the best SNF game I've I've watched. With the Bengals, mm-hmm. they lost that game 34 to 31 against the Carson Palmer led Cardinals. I remember Domata Peco was, I think, mimicking the snap count like late, late, late in the game. And then they moved us, moved them up 15 yards, and they ended up uh, hitting the game winning a field goal it was a fantastic game uh, by both teams. I remember two, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Two great teams were balling it out there. So, you know, couldn't complain about that um we had a 14 point comeback in the fourth quarter actually so that was, we did you know, i remember yeah. we were down like 31 to 14 and then you yep.
0: i remember everybody thought like oh here we go and he's going to melt in yep. prime time and then they come back we and didn't. tie the
1: game yeah incredible yeah, was, <laughs> you know tyler, tyler eifert had two touchdown catches uh jeremy hill had two touchdown runs aj green had a couple big catches same with sanu marvin jones as well you know it was a it was a very very good game i, I feel yeah it was a very very good game that that was played and then we weren't on SNF for a couple of years. We got to 2018. 2018. And Patrick oh Mahomes, that's the one game that people forget about this Bengals Chiefs thing. Obviously, we remember what Joe Burrow and his history with the Chiefs, but the one game Patrick Mahomes played where Joe Burrow didn't play for Cincinnati Bengals, and we cast that away. From our minds because it was an absolute shellacking on national television. Uh we don't talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Dog, at that point,
0: I knew Andy's not the guy. And I like Andy Dalton as a character. He was a he was a fine quarterback. He was solid. But that's when I knew he's not the guy. Because I believe we started off the season four and one or four and two that going before going into that game
1: yeah. Oh, and we were yeah. all oh, thinking
0: yeah. that these, we all talked ourselves into thinking that these are going to be two of the better teams in the AFC. We, we were just we were chance. we were 3 just,
1: years 3 years too late. I mean 3 years too early, my yeah. fault, not late. We were 3 years too early on to that, but in one quarterback different. So, you know, it ended up being right, but, you know, <laughs> just with a different guy under center for the Cincinnati Bengals. That guy is going to be Getting this team back to the home base here at Paycor Stadium, like I mentioned, me and Justin are both in Cincinnati, so the city is already electric. We're recording this on Tuesday night; it's going to be out to you guys on Wednesday. But I mean, the city, man, it's getting geared up for this. Going to be on fire, man! First SNF, yep. The first SNF regular season home game in 11 years, like we mentioned, it felt like 11 years ago we were talking about it because we would do this for a minute. It's, oh it's man,
0: we need to talk about something because I know a lot of fans will say, No, we played this. Did we not play this game against the Broncos? And so, on? no, we're not talking about Monday night, guys. It's
1: Sunday. Sunday night football.
0: Monday night football. Okay, we can still date the last times we played on Monday night football, a but a lot of Sunday actually. night. It's been plenty of games on Monday Night Football crowd, at home, surprisingly, too. Surprisingly, you know, But even when we weren't good, <laughs> we're still playing some good games on Monday Random. Night Football at home. Randomly, but yes, yeah, Sunday Night Football that's kind of taken over as the slot of mock playoff games, is what I like to call it. To where if you're a big time, you're a team that's playing good football, you got you got the right pizzazz to you. They want to yeah. put you in that time slot, and because that's where they the audience tend to view the most. Monday Night Football has kind of taken a backseat to that over the years, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. And quite frankly, we're starting to see a shift with Sunday night football taking a little bit of backseat to the 425 Gymnast Tony Romo slot, which those are the prime games we're getting. So you got that yeah. right.
1: <laughs> you got that right. I mean, well, you saw the viewership. Yeah. You saw the viewership for this last game that we ended up playing against the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, that national game led by the Bengals and Niners was the most watched program of any week on any network and CBS's most watched week eight. Uh, week eight game window since 1998 when the nfl and cbs got back together i'm that's insane you you see it weekly it the best Mm -hmm. games are now at four o'clock sunday night football has been primetime's number one show for i mean the last decade and a half ever since it came in really from 2006 it's it's great when you play on sunday football it's like you know as a fan you're like Man, it's SNF. You're going to hear Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, you hear right. the music. You know, it used to be Al Michaels and John Matt. You hear you hear the music. It's, it's football night in America. And it still is. But from an analytical standpoint, you're like, okay, like, you know, you can see that the 425 we just, we just are changing.
0: The, we just saw last week, uh, this past Sunday, I should say, the Chargers and the Bears on yeah. Sunday Night Football. Yeah. That's um, and, not giving you much buzz these days.
1: And we're also going <laughs> to see the Jets and the Raiders in two weeks.
0: So. Oh my gosh. I saw that too. And I was like, are you serious? Come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like, enough with the brands.
1: Yeah. the Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the brands can only get you to like week six at best, but apparently they can get you to week 10 from what what NBC's saying. So, you know, I'm yeah. not going to trash them. Hope I work, you know, work someday. But, but yeah. Um, SNF in general, this is a big time matchup featuring. In our opinion, two of the league's top five, we can even go as far as top three quarterbacks in the National Football League. I'll tell you this, Josh Allen so far this year, when you look at the numbers, it's obviously further than the numbers. But from a numbers game, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's completed 71% of his passes, 270 yards a game, 17 touchdowns, eight interceptions, which is very, very high. A lot of quarterbacks have thrown INTs this year, like a lot of INTs. Um... 101.5 101.5 rating. Josh has been really, really good this year. Uh, the Bills, so much. They've been five and three. Obviously, we can't talk so much because we're four and three, but we've kind of gone through some of the same things. Uh, we've, you know, there's been games where the bills have looked really dominant, and there's been games, a lot more games where the bills have not looked really dominant. Same thing with us. But, you know, looking at some more of the numbers, the Bills offense, 383 yards a game, 27.8 points a game. 49% on third down on offense. That is where the Bengals were last year. They were one of the best third down teams. The Bills are one of the best third down offenses in the National Football League this season. We're looking at Stefan Diggs 64 catches, 748 yards, six touchdowns. The next closest guy in receptions is Gabe Davis. Stefan Diggs has doubled Gabe Davis's production when it comes to receptions. Gabe Davis has 31 receptions for 434 and five touchdowns. We could say the same for Jamar Chase compared to Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, but actually you might have almost tripled them. But you look at it, and then James Cook, they actually have a, you know, somewhat of a run game now. He's averaging about 60 yards a game. He right. only has one touchdown right. on the season. That's been a big thing of emphasis for the Buffalo Bills going forward, is that we need someone other than Josh Allen to be able to uh run the ball and keep the defense honest and make Josh Allen more of a pocket passer, and he can still use his legs. This Bills team is good. Don't let the national media fool you about how it's you know the Bills are in trouble. The Bills are this. They're a good football team, but there's some truth to what is being said out there. There is some truth. The Bills don't you know look the same. I've even talked to some Bills fans. I have a you know my actually former assistant coach uh, is going to the the Bills Bengals game Sunday, and he's a huge Bills fan. He's like, we just don't look. Look, like we don't look right right now and again he can change it in the clip you know snap a finger but when you look at this bills team justin what couldn't you pinpoint about them so
0: i'll start by saying this when you asked me about two teams that i'm not super worried about and i gave you the browns and the steelers if you would have asked me a third one i'm not going to lie to you i'm probably was going to look at buffalo and I know you had the New York Jets on there, too. Yeah. But people are saying that if Aaron Rodgers comes back from his Achilles injury, man, watch out for sense. the Jets. But I'll believe that when I see that. And that could happen. But anyway, I <laughs> really think that the Buffalo Bills have peaked. They, they show this flash. Like, you know how everybody says, oh, the Bengals just start slow naturally. Then we pick it up. Well, the Bills yeah. are a little bit of the opposite. And they peak way too soon. Their yeah. wins look like very dominant wins because they like to run up the score on you. But I watched them last week on, Mar- on Thursday night. Now you can't just take that in a in a vacuum and be like, okay, this is what the Bills is. Yeah. But I've watched them this whole entire season, too. They had the incredible dominating 48-point performance against the Miami Dolphins, which was incredible. That team that they bait in that well, the same Dolphins team that put up seven in the week prior to them. Josh Allen is very explosive. I'm very excited to see that this matchup between two top flight quarterbacks, top three, as you stated, I still put Josh Allen number three, personally, on my list I too. of top I five. Too. Yeah, it's, it's Allen, then Burrow, then Mahomes. That's the yeah. order for me. And yeah. three, two, I, I, I'm. It's, it's really kind of finally nice. This is the game that I've been waiting to see when it comes to premier quarterback, top quarterback matchup. This is the first one of the big three that we're seeing this year. Yeah. You'll see Allen and Mahomes later, and then you'll see the even bigger one, Bur- Burrow and Mahomes. So, yep. but this, this is the one that I couldn't wait for personally because this was going to be the season definer moment for me if we did not beat the 49ers or we were still trying to figure ourselves out. This Bills team, yes, they got their issues, but they are still absolutely talented on both sides of the ball. I'll start with the offense and give my pinpoint things that you've already highlighted, too. Now, I'm not going to go so much into analytical stats, but more or less of what I'm what I'm visually seeing. I've already talked a lot about Josh Allen. We already know how wild and crazy explosive he is as a quarterback. But there is some kamikaze like actions to his game. You never know what kind of Jekyll and Hyde vibes you're going to get with him. He can turn his ball over three times in the same game. But yet, for some reason, they still are in it to win it at the very end. When I watched them go against the Jaguars in London, they weren't playing some of their best football, but yet it was very impressive just seeing Josh Allen when he needed to get a score real quick, two throws. And he's almost basically, he's basically in the end zone. And yeah. it was like, Whoa, <laughs> that's what he does. And that's what he is. He's like a human Buffalo and he fits with Buffalo <laughs> needs at quarterback. They, he fits <laughs> the identity of that team in that, that Western New York area. Um, we already knew a lot about Stephon Diggs, and I like Gabe Davis. We can't. We forgot to mention Dalton Kincaid. He's becoming one of the more premier tight ends yeah. in his game. Before our very own eyes, I know he's a rookie, but he's growing up. He's him and Sam Laporta are both on that next wave of becoming the next big time guys at the tight end position. After this season, you're going to start bringing them into the conversation of fantasy draft tight ends. Like you, this is who you want to take. Yeah, Dalton KK fits that for me. He gives you a little bit more added athleticism than what they had with Dawson Knox, which I still liked Dawson Knox, but mm-hmm. Dalton Kincaid is playing a little bit better, honestly, this time around, and that's what the Bills needed. You mentioned yeah. James Cook. I like finally seeing the running game happen with this Bills team because that has been their Achilles' heel over the last three years. It feel like it was Josh Allen or nobody. James Cook now has that added dimension and they know and they're not scared to run it. So that's that that's very encouraging if you're a Bills fan. However, on defense, it's a little different, man. I do like their cornerback with Christian Benford, but outside of him, they did just trade it for Rasul Douglas from the Green Bay Packers today before their trade trade deadline happened. That was a good move for them. But outside of that, man, they just have a lot of injuries. You know, I understand that they're going to have a, some names like Von Miller. But Von Miller, he's a situational pass rusher these days. Yep. And quite frankly, I trust my old line more than I trusted when we were going against him in the Super Bowl a couple years back. Yeah. I don't think that Von Miller is going to show up Another this guy. upcoming Sunday. Even yeah. though he is like that old dog in the backyard that still has a vicious bite if you let him off the chain. You you don't want to like, yeah. act like that. He ain't, he ain't Von Miller still. Oh, yeah. So you don't want to pass that. But... <clears throat> Outside of that, man, I, I really don't look at their defensive front and think to myself, oh, my gosh, man, this is going to be crazy. A.J. Epinesa is really good. Ed Oliver is really good. Um, they're linebackers. They lost Matt Milano, their captain their leader for the season, and mm-hmm. I don't really think that they truly recovered from there. Um, I just think that they've had the benefit of playing teams that they were able to manipulate to make their defensive stats look like they were a great defense. When, to be perfectly honest with you, they haven't seen a guy like Joe Burrow yet. That's the truth. Even a guy like Tua, they play in the same division, and quite frankly, I would have wanted to see Tua than Joe Burrow. And now you're seeing this Joe Burrow. So, and you coming at home – I'm sorry, this game is – Here's what I also think. I don't think that this game is not going to be what we saw in the playoffs against the Bills. I don't think that we're going to see the 21 27 to 10 beat down. Although I want to see that I would love to game. see it. Yes. We would love to. <laughs> <laughs> like gladly. This is going to feel I think that this is going to probably feel more like a track meet to where maybe the Bengals are going to tell the Bills, okay, you got to keep up with us. And they very may well be able to. Again, they're equipped to. And quite frankly, I, I can see the Bengals losing this game if we don't if we don't get our head out of our ass and thinking that we are big timers now, because I get it. Yeah. The, all the talk for us across Bengal media and Bengal Twitter and all that myself, including I'm sure you're saying that Joe Burrow's back. The Bengals are back. Watch out yep. the rest of the AFC. I yeah. get that. But again, humble yourself, Bengals fans. Humble yourself, Bengals team. We still got to go out and prove This is the first game. We still haven't won a game in the AFC yet. This is the first yes, game that we're playing that has an opportunity to win a game in the conference. If you don't win this game, chances are you're probably not going to win the division. You're just yeah. not, unless you go going another insane run like you did last year. But even then, you're asking yeah. for other teams to lose that are also winning at a high level too, like Baltimore. And quite frankly, I don't want to risk those chances. So, yeah, I like the Bengals Clearly in this one, I think there's no secret. That's what I'm hinting towards. And I don't think that the Bills are scary as is what they've been in the last few years. But more specifically, I just also think that the Bengals just match up well with them, that we're not the great matchup for them. Like, they don't want to see us as a great like, as a matchup where it's like, oh, I can't wait to play Cincinnati. You know, and I don't think that they're ready for what the Bengals can provide against this, t- that Bill's team. If you feel like, I think you feel the same way, but I want to hear it from you too.
1: Yeah, I actually, that was a, a great summary of everything. I mean, you know, cause I was actually about to mention the Bill's stats on defense. You know, they gave up 17 points a game, 28 sacks was the second in the league. But once you mentioned, I mean, they're, you know, they had games where they ramped the score against the commanders, the dolphins, uh, the Raiders earlier on in the season. And then once they mm-hmm. went to London, you kind of saw things start to fall apart. And you look at it, you know, Jaguars are a good team. They are. They went overseas. You know, Jags beat a good team in Jacksonville, beat a good team in Buffalo. And then you, you saw that week six on the night game. And it was, we're playing the Giants. What's happening? Week seven, you lose the Patriots. Week eight, mm. you barely beat the Bucks. When you could have put that thing away. And again, I, the Bills are a good team. The Bills are a playoff team. They, they, I and think we're at um, home. You yes. were at home that's a Yes. That's a great mention. We are the home team in this game. And you look at it. If the Bengals come out and they would put their foot on the gas and they're not letting up, It's going to be a long night for Buffalo. But, again, this is, I believe, a matchup of two playoff teams. I think it'll be a close game. But, again, the Bengals have to have the same formula of we have to go out strong. We have to start off strong. We got to be clicking on offense, give the defense some energy, some confidence. You know, and like you mentioned, there are some matchups that – the Bengals are pretty favorable in, especially in the past game Mm -hmm. with Tredavious White out for the season, their their star corner. You know, they brought in Rasul Douglas, who knows if he'll play on Sunday night. Uh, Christian Benford, again, been good this year, but who knows? I mean, he's not going to be able to cover all three receivers at once. So the thing is, like, you mentioned we don't want to have to rely on other teams. That's been a big thing personally where I'm like, you know, if we take care of our own business, everything will play out the way it's supposed to. And if the Bengals take care of business on Sunday night, which will be tough, but if they take care of business, then we'll be five and three. If the Bengals take care of business, stacking one game at a time, you'll start to see the team's Separate from each other. You start to see which teams separate from each other and which ones line up with each other. This Bengals Bills game, it's you talk about the two of the three best quarterbacks one, two, three, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. You know, this game is going to be won because of the quarterbacks. That's the bottom line. Two good rosters. It's going to be which quarterback and which supporting cast is going to step up. And make more bigger plays, and obviously, because the game of football, score more points. So, just just looking around at that, I mean, it's it, it's NBC's. You know, we talk about NBC, like they, they, you know, they they called the Cowboys Niners game, and the Niners ran away with that one. The Eagles Dolphins Eagles one thirty one seventeen. Um, you know, the Eagles basically ran away with that one. If you look at the stat sheet and everything. I don't want to jinx anything or anything like that, but Bill's bangles. You're looking at best of the best with quarterbacks receiver, Stefan Diggs and Jamar chase. That's a, I mean, those are two great players that we haven't even really mentioned about this matchup, but it's already known, you know, it's all, it's two of the best quarterback receiver tent duos and even trios. If you want to add to Gabe Davis talking, but I remember Buffalo, like they, you know, they were like, Oh yeah, we have one of the best receiver. uh, Trios in the league, or we have one of the best receiver rooms in the league. But then you talk about, oh yeah, Gabe Davis isn't really there sometimes. Like, which one is it? Are are you guys top ten receiver duo? Or are you guys like not? Like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But but yeah, it's like there's so much star power in this game on offense that you know whoever steps up and makes more big plays is obviously going to win the football game. And he, when you're looking at the two teams and how they've played the last few weeks. And what's going on? The Bengals see that the Bills have had some weakness; they've had some flaws the last few games. The Bengals, you know, have been playing some very good football. They're coming back home. They have a big crowd. Stripe out on Sunday Night Football. Don't get ahead of yourselves. Don't get too. Don't get a big head, like Justin mentioned, but. The Bengals go out and they're like, we are here to take care of business. The Bengals could be in for putting up a lot of points Sunday night. Just saying.
0: I think that probably I think that's probably where I'm going to go with my prediction. And I know that um, we're going to talk about predictions later on during the week. Yep. I think that this may be I think that this Bengals team is very poised to understand that they haven't accomplished anything yet. You can't win games in late October early November. And I think they realize and understand that very well. This is not um, a young Bengals team like we were in 2021 where we were just young and dumb, trying to grow through the lessons and the adversity that we faced throughout that season to go on the run that we did going into the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This is a very mature Bengals team that understands that while they are still young and they're entering their peak or their prime, that they still got to go out there and earn it each and every week, like we just talked about. This game, there's always a pathway to lose these games in the NFL, okay? We've seen it happen way too many times. You already mentioned the Bills basically almost losing the game against the Giants a a couple weeks back. I'm shocked that that was even that close to the point where I thought the Bills was going to just lose when the Giants was on a one-yard line. But – I don't ever miss, I don't ever want to misinterpret the fact that the Bills are are very explosive, that after that week one loss against the Jets, they've righted the ship the next couple of weeks and they were just dominant. Even it, regardless if there's running up the score or not, they were insanely good. Yeah. And they can still do that. They're going to win their lion's share of games. But this is a different Buffalo team that I haven't seen, that, that I've seen that's very different. That I've seen over the last couple of years. I know I probably butchered those wordings up there, but you get what <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. We got you. that. This, that. I think that the Bills need to be on the, on high alert. That if you're going to win this game, you got to play some of the most, you know, extreme, the best football you've ever played. Honestly, this season, you like you got to give it all you got because the Bengals are going to be poised to give it all they got because they understand what's at stake here. This is not about oh, we got to play the Bills. No, last year we had the they got to play us mentality this year. I like kind of what Zach Taylor said, that they relish the opportunity to beat teams when they when everybody wants to crown them like the 49ers were undefeated at home and the Bengals relish the opportunity to give them their first loss. And then Zach Taylor said something about saying, you know, I don't, somebody's got to beat them and it's going to be us. But you can also apply that it's going to be us mantra to the rest of the season. Somebody got to win it all and it's going to be us. So in 2021, we went from why not us? In 2022, we then implemented the they got to play us. And now in 2023, I thought it was going to be like remember us because that would have been my favorite prediction line. But it seems like the slogan tagline is going to identify itself as it's going to be us. And to be perfectly honest with you, if they go out there and then handle work with these bills, I really do believe that it will be the Bengals that's hoisting that Lombardi trophy at the end, like we all predicted. And that's coming a long way. And I gotta eat a lot of crow, even though I did have some genuine concerns. But yeah. I wrote I wrote this team off. It ain't like that. I was out here saying, Oh, we're gonna win the Super Bowl. Bro, just a few weeks ago after that that mess of a made that we made against the Titans, that was a bad loss. And I said, I'm done. I think that we're not going anywhere. I'm stuck a fork in us. You know, I was wrong. I will come out here and admit that proudly. I was wrong and I'm happy to be wrong. But at the end of the day, you still got to go out there and win these games. You still got you can't use last year in the last two years to then try to say that, oh, this same thing is going to happen again. We love what we saw out of Joe and his offense and his defense that they played damn near like a complete unit. But I've also seen teams play like a complete unit and fall flat on their faces the very next week. Yeah, See Kansas City. Kansas City was on top of the world. Taylor Swift in the building. they putting up monstrous points against the Man. Chargers. Then they go on the road against a team that they've won 16 straight games against. This Broncos team looking like they were ready to go in fire cell mode. and You lay flat on your face and not even score a touchdown. Mm -hmm. That's that's the NFL for you, man. It is very weird. So if you want to avoid that, you got to stay focused. You got to stay sharp and you can't let these big moments be bigger than what they are. And you'll be fine. I think the Bengals understand that. I think that this organization has built a strong mental toughness, um, toughness identity to them. And it all starts with Joe Burrow, really. This wouldn't happen, really, if we didn't have Joe Burrow at quarterback.
1: Yep. As the old saying is, any given Sunday. And the given Sunday that we have is this Sunday night against the Buffalo Bills. And I'll tell you this. If the Bengals can go out and win a football game against a good team in Buffalo and Joe Burrow goes out there and balls out against the counterpart in Josh Allen, boy, oh, boy, the Bengals are going to be back. And I'm excited. Definitely. I'm excited. Same here. Got any final words before we get on out of here?
0: If you're going to the game, please know that it is striped out Sunday night. You know, they it's going to be I seen a rendition of what they showed up, what it should look like. Oh, my goodness. It was absolutely fire. If you're going to go to the game, I wish I was there and I wish I had taken. Same here. Same here. But please abide by the color coding. Uh, sections because I want to be able to watch this game on my high def TV and to just see nothing but black and orange striped out in the proper sections. And just going to be like, man, look at my city showing out on Sunday. I want to be able to see that. So please, Bengals fans, don't be that jackass that's going to wear all white (laughs) in an orange section or a black (laughs) section and stuff like that. Just please don't be that guy. Okay. Honestly, (laughs) though, this is – this. This is incredible time right now to be a Bengals fan. It's incredible publicity that we're that we're showcasing. We've always wanted the Bengals organization to be as, you know, fast forward and forward thinking as possible. And that comes the game day experience. And this is it right here. So please, Bengals fans, if you go into the game. Come on, let's abide by the striped out section rules. okay? I want to see that on TV looking good,
1: man. That's right. Bengals fans do your part. Hopefully our team does our part and gets a victory on Sunday night. That's a big thing. You know, there's pictures out there of what the stadium looks like, what the zones are uh, for sections. I, you know, I can't say any examples because there were, you know, obviously so many orange and black stripes. <laughs> but if you look right. at the picture and look at your tickets, if you're going to the game, you'll see just wear that color. You'll see Bills fans that will wear white, that will wear blue, that will wear red. But who cares? I mean, if you're, yeah, if you're, there's that many people there. They, they'll look like specs. So go on ahead, <laughs> abide by that. Let's have an awesome Sunday night. You guys can catch Justin Lacey on the Running Through the Jungle Network. Obviously, we're good partners over there. Um, but for that being said, let's cut to the Chase Bengals Blitz, and we will see you guys next time. Who
0: Hooday.